0: This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com.
3: listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me Charlie Hawkins joined in the studio with We Are West Ham and it is a full house tonight. Funny how it's a full house when West Ham finally get a victory first in nine. What a time to get those three points playing Southampton on the weekend. We're going to be talking all about that looking towards the game with Arsenal on the weekend and of course those protests that did take place and We would never miss it. It is the Rogue West Ham Players Quiz coming up at the end of the show with the scores tied 9-9 and 27 each on game points. Unbelievable. James Jones folding before our very own eyes. Well, in the studio tonight, it is James Jones, Will Pugh, and Tom Edwards, the return of TE. But we have to start at the very top, James. It was Southampton on the weekend, and it was full, utter class. Three points. Back to business. Don't brush over the, the big story of the
4: week, though, Charlie. You could picture it. That's a you. bit of a mug off, actually. I was thinking that.
3: Don't brush over the big one. Me, me and Will going a little bit big time at the, on Sunday
2: oh mate?
4: excuse
3: me We're mainstream excuse me. now we? yeah you are mate that's if I'm honest that's why I chose not to acknowledge it. I thought play it down because ego's in check ego's in check <laughs> you want to <laughs> hold on to us don't yeah, you yeah of course yeah, so. yeah. mate treat them mean keep
2: them keen and I'm trying to keep you lot keen to yeah. be honest as well me and James are exactly the sort of people mm. who would just drop you like a stone if I think any you half mm. opportunity that seems better no, comes along yeah, yeah. I also I found mean, it I, strange I, I, I almost considered it the weekend actually yeah.
3: Well, you sent the running order three hours late. You were signing autographs for Tom. I found it strange <laughs> that you you signed it on his forehead, a word that we can't really say on air. But it looks good, Tom. looks good. But you two now, fully blown TV stars.
4: Yeah. Yeah. If, if
1: any of the listeners haven't seen it yet, I mean, it's still available on iPlayer. Uh, on your iPlay. <laughs> on iPlay. on Sky um, Plus box. Match the day two on, on Sunday night, We uh, Will and I... Did a bit of filming before, before and after the game.
2: Took a little journey down
4: back to Ken's Cafe, didn't we, Ken's on Green Caf. Street?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a real. Blast in the past.
4: wasn't cliche or anything, the Ken's
1: Cab? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it was good fun, man. It was great it? fun. It was, yeah, fun. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit yeah. wet, but it was good fun.
2: And we got interrupted by the Finland, the Helsinki Hammers, who'd booked out Ken's Cab for an all day party afterwards, didn't we? They were having a pre Southampton match party. What a place to party. <laughs> yeah. But we, no, we, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sunday night on, the, on iPlayer. If anyone wants to have a look at it, who missed it already. You can still go back and have a look, just chatting about West Ham, just the board, out, the watch games.
1: Out, watch out for our cold. Mm. I look at the end.
2: Yeah, James's post match <laughs> segment is something to behold, I'll be honest. What was it, an hour and a half? You've been waiting about that time? Apparently, they were waiting for Mark Noble
1: before they could film me.
2: Like he's more important. I mm. mean,
1: what's going on there? But was I was ditchless. freezing. And uh, finally, filmed, I filmed for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then uh, they used about 10 seconds. At that interview at the end, and I
3: look so cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> Typical TV, making you wait around. But how did it even come back? Because the fact that they chose you to do it pretty special, though?
2: Yeah, I'd be honest. Like, I, I sort of applaud it too, and a thanks to everyone who who listens at home as well. I think the su- success of what we've been doing the last, well, certainly this season, the last year or so now, we, we've been at We Are West Ham. I think just got recognised. You got they got in touch with you, didn't they? In the yeah, week?
1: I mean, it's quite lucky because. Uh, they, they emailed me at an email address which I rarely I rarely check, mm-hmm. and I just happened to check it. I think it was Thursday, maybe, and I thought I'll just check see what the emails are Trap saying. email <laughs> in the in in the email, and suddenly it was like, "Hi James, you want to do some film for Match of the Day two at the weekend? We really love you and will on board." Boom, there you there go.
2: It's funny they didn't mention you, Charlie. I don't Mm. know if that was a personal. Well, I was going to say,
3: funny they didn't mention Tom. But if you want to to bring it over to me, Tom's clearly (laughs) trying to get back in the fold tonight. Trying to get back in the fold. Well, you was hanging around talking about the game, you big TV stars. Let's talk about it for these poor little radio airwaves. Southampton on the weekend, three points, three goals, and a brilliant performance, James. Yeah, exactly what what we've been looking for 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 uh, the last 19
1: years. All all season, (laughs) really, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of half expected in a way, you know. I mean, I was saying last week and and before the game that you had to take a lot of positives from that Liverpool that Liverpool performance and think, well, you know, if they can, they've proven uh, Liverpool scoring two goals at Anfield uh, that they can go, they can play that way. But he couldn't, he couldn't change that philosophy at home against a Southampton side that, yeah, okay, they've been on the up recently, but. but you know it was a great opportunity for us to get some points on the board at home, and and he didn't. Okay, he made some changes to starting eleven, but they were positive changes. Bringing Jared Bowen in at the starting eleven, I think he showed enough at, when he came off the bench at Anfield to really warrant that. And um, yeah, I mean it was just it was just a really positive performance. You know, within five or ten minutes, you could tell that you know we were up for it, and we were probably going to go on and win the game. And um, it's a performance and a result which you know I, I I couldn't remember the last time we experienced something like that. It was quite nice and um, you know, the problem now is that they've got to follow that through and it's a big game this weekend
4: Yeah it is I think we've got a chance as well oh, like you said it was the front four I think for me was the most impressive thing yeah. sticking two up there Antonio and Haller they look great even for Bowen's Skull, the movement from both of them to take the centre-halves and leave that space for Bowen's top drawer. I think we're just a better side when we're more positive we can't rely on our back six so to speak the midfield and the back four to keep teams out and hit them on the counter we've got to be assertive and I think that's the that's the way to go forward. From what we did at Anfield and what we did on Saturdays, is, is our mantra going forward. And fair play to Moyes for picking that more positive team.
2: I think I agree. I think he's been forced into it, isn't mm. he? To be honest, because what you've just said that it, it goes against playing like that, like we did at Anfield and on the weekend, goes against Moyes' natural football instincts. So
4: was probably a big loss for that as well
2: yeah actually. but what I mean is Moyes is, is very he's a defensive manager isn't he he mm. likes to build on sound organisation that's that's the sort mm. of football he plays and I think he's just come into West Ham that's what he sort of did straight away didn't it? and realised exactly what you said there Tom actually he's I can't rely on these defenders, and all the midfield gets overrun regularly. So I, I've just got no choice, even though it might not be what comes naturally to me. I've just got to attack games and hope we
3: win four three because we are going to let goals in every week. James, we spoke about the lack of service for Sebastian Haller, and maybe you know we're not seeing the best of him. We're not; he's not playing in the right system. How much did it help him playing that two up top and feeding off uh, Antonio? Well,
1: I mean, how many times have we said this season um, that.
3: The re the
1: reason why Haller put himself in the position that he was last summer in terms of get earning a move to the Premier League was because he was scoring goals playing alongside another striker in, in Bundesliga. So then we sign him and we play him up top and we isolate him for, for six months and then everyone's like, well, What was the point of signing him? The moment we put him up front with a striker, he scores a goal and then looks busy and, you know, he looks effective. Mm. He looks like the forty million pound striker that we signed. Mm. Um so that's the way forward for me now. I mean, it's made a massive difference to his game. He looks a lot more confident throughout. Even off the ball, he looked confident. He was making runs. Um, he looked busy. Uh, and that's what you want from a striker that you spent that much money on. You know, We spent ages trying to find a striker. And then we finally got one. And then we didn't play to his strengths until... We get into a relegation battle, so hopefully David Moyes continues doing that.
2: I think he was named in the uh, the Premier League Player of the Week as well. I think he got something mm. in in whatever ratings they do. He got like a, a near perfect score, yeah. I think, for his all round game yeah. as well as that. He's, I must admit, it is easy to to say that, but we like if you throw in two up front, you do like you, what's the word? You the balance of the team is then off, isn't it? Of Especially it is, at yeah. the back, and I think it's. I think it's okay to do it against teams like Southampton and Watford, Bournemouth, Brighton, whoever's going to be around that bottom half. But he, you know, we, we did play a different style to that at Liverpool, didn't we? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can only. But I think it's all very well saying, oh, we should we should have Haller. But really, when we're playing one up front, which we still need to do against bigger teams because our defence isn't good enough to leave exposed with just four at the back, for example, and more only one holding midfield player... Really, you you can't have Haller as the one up front on his own. You need Antonio for that because he's that all-rounder. Like we used to speak about Arnautovic. The reason Arnautovic worked as one up front because he could do everything, couldn't he? He could run yeah. in behind, win a header, hold the ball up, bring other people into play. Haller's not that player, is he?
4: Really? Yeah, He's just different in the sense. I mean, I think he could if we've got players around him. Bowen, even Anfield in his little cameo running off the wing. I think he, that, that run we're going to see a lot of the one he scored with against Southampton. He likes that, bringing on his left foot, and he's a tidy finish. It's a great finish, by the way, that. And I think Haller can do the job. We just need to make sure bodies are around him. But I don't think we would have got the joy we did against Liverpool if it was Haller and not Antonio. So I think there's... we can't, We just got to be persistent with him because he will score goals. He's got seven and 28 or something, which is not too bad, is it?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you're bang on. I, mean, I think Bowen is is the real key here. I think, you know, a lot of people were frustrated that he didn't get a start at City and he didn't get he didn't get start at Liverpool. But that run he made uh, at the end of Liverpool where he almost mm-hmm. scored that one-on-one... Um, almost identical run against and he scores the goal, and he scored that sort of goal so many times for Hull. And when you we haven't had a player like that making those runs all season. Um, even Antonio really doesn't, you know, really makes those runs. Um, and Haller won't make, make those runs because he's not that type of striker. So even if you are playing Haller up top, you can still use him to his advantage to then get Bowen into the game because Bowen will make those runs in behind and Haller can then be quite disruptive and sort of pull defenders out of the way. So I think Bowen is the key. In
3: getting the best out of um, getting the best out of and Will, what is it with Southampton at the minute? Obviously, you've done the double over them this year, but dating now the past five league games with Southampton, West Ham have beaten them. Why do they have this hold when it comes to the team on the south coast?
2: I'm not sure. I'm lucky enough to sit opposite a Southampton fan at work, and he said the same thing. He said, "You're playing the worst football I've ever seen you play for years." But I knew going into the game we would not beat you because we just never ever beat you. I I think it's just one of those teams. Every team has them, don't they? where we're normally yeah. that team to other teams yeah. where we they We never really like brilliant, those teams. brilliant. <laughs> West Ham are coming to town. I think Southampton are just one of those for us, aren't they? Where mm-hmm. we, we sort of always feel confident going into games we put them to the sword earlier in the season when, you know, when it just as the wheels were starting to come off really, wasn't it? And now I think the the main thing from the weekend though that I take from all of that, which I think is hugely important, West Ham are still top of the table and I've Droning on about it for weeks now, but we're still top of the table for points thrown away from winning positions. And as soon as we went one nil up, there all the people like who who mates of mine I was getting texts saying I've just had a fiver on Southampton, just had a tenner on Southampton. And to be honest, from a betting standpoint, you go yeah, fair enough, that seems pretty sensible. And as soon as they got went one all, you think ah oh, no, here we go. But I think the fact that for the first time this season, or not the first time, but do you know what I mean, they the players dug in and went no, right, we're not having this. That for me is the biggest, the most important thing to take from that, from that game, because we've gone ahead in plenty of games this year and then just collapsed. The fact that we've gone no, we've had a peg back. It's one all. No, we are winning this game. This is our game, um, and we took it from now. I think that's huge. I think the key,
1: key there was actually going back ahead before half time, because if yeah. they had gone into that, if they had gone into half time at one all, having gone gone ahead yeah, again, so being pegged back, and they've got fifteen minutes to dwell about it and talk about it. I think that would have been that. Might, it may have been a different result, but to get that second goal, and it was a you know really well worked goal from Halle, You know he made his own luck. Um, that means they go into that that fifteen minute break going right. Okay, you know we're back in front. You know we just got to you know be a little bit sensible and protect the lead a little bit, but try and get a third and push further ahead. And that's what they did. Um, so maybe that change of mentality allowed us to to really push for a second, whereas previously we were we were going one new up. It was going one all. And then they were like, what do we do? Um, so, yeah, I think it was important to to get that second before half-time.
3: Tom, Will spoke about that grit, that desire to actually kick in and say, no, let's carry on fighting, let's get back into the game. It's all well and good in that game. How do West Ham sustain that now going forward and use it as a catalyst to carry on picking up points?
4: I think it's exactly that. Use this game as confidence. The last week, in fact, we were good up at Liverpool. We were good against Southampton. We showed a lot of heart in both games coming from 1-0 down against Liverpool to go 2-1 up. I know we threw it away in the end, but... Not many teams get back in against it when Liverpool go in the lead at the minute. And we did that and we look very good and we look good value for it. So I think take confidence from that, take confidence Southampton and keep, like we said, be a positive team because... We aren't going to keep clean sheets, but as long as we're front-footed and we're not sitting back and letting teams hit us at will, we'll be. We're a decent side. Look at that front four; they're all good players, and we can hurt any team.
3: Well, the mentality has changed. I won't use that phrase because James won't let me. But there is a positive <laughs> attitude in the studio. We're going to be talking about the protest though on the weekend, and Tony Cotty not ruling himself out of a future takeover bid. Love sports. You're listening to the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West. West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards. A full trio of talent in the building tonight. And we're talking about a full trio of goals and three points as well on the weekend. A hat-trick all-round. Just moving away from the game a little bit now because we want to talk about something that happened before the game. Afterwards, obviously, the protest still going on. James, you know a little bit more about this. We've spoken about it at length. What was the atmosphere and the mood like and the environment on the weekend?
1: So I was a little bit worried before the game... Um, I mean, we were talking about how we we wanted it to be peaceful, and you know, everyone wanted it to be a peaceful protest. Um, and I was in one or two pubs before the game, and you know, it, you know, it did seem like a, a pretty jovial atmosphere at first. Um, and then, you know, I was in one pub where someone had set off a smoke bomb in the middle of a pub, um, which
2: wasn't great. It's not really a pub that's normally that way inclined. It's not either, is no.
1: it? and you know. I mean. You could tell it was used as a meeting place for a lot of people that were going to the protest, you know, you could see the, the G S B out banners everywhere and people had stickers on, a few people had um face masks, you know, uh with the GSB sticker over the front, you know, the coronavirus thing. <laughs> uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um but at the end of the day, like the moment you set off a, a smoke a smoke bomb in the middle of a pub, uh, where there were a lot of a lot of fans in there that don't get me wrong, I mean, there's a lot of fans that were gonna be that were going to that game that, you know, support the reasons behind the march but didn't want to get involved in the march for whatever reason or couldn't or whatever and then suddenly they're getting caught up in in that and then obviously the police were called and you know there was you know i, I didn't I, I heard of a little bit of um you know there was a bit of a few arguments between some fans and stuff like that. i don't think it really went that far but th- after seeing all that i was like oh. Uh, this, I mean I even text you, I was like, I don't think this is this is not gonna go the way we all hoped it would. But in fairness, I think it was an isolated incident. And um, you know, the report since and all the pictures and the videos since, I think it was a really, really positive march. It was a positive protest. Um I think we certainly got the message across to to the powers that be at the football club and yeah, I mean what, no way they could miss it, is there? Definitely not. No. I mean it was you know match it was, the, it was yeah. on our segment on match today. It's been all over the BBC, all over Sky Sports, all over Twitter. Um, So, in the end, it was a really, really positive um, and effective march for me. Um, And you know, we've got the message across now. So, you know, hopefully they they'll listen.
2: To to be honest, I mean, there was I think one the one thing that or like the main difference, if you like, from last time, the one before the Everton game, wasn't it, which was more just a a small gathering, wasn't it, near the swimming pool at on the Olympic Park and there was arg- arguments afterwards or discussions about how many people were at that I think the, it's between 900 and 2000 but there were thousands of people on the weekend I think the one report Port that I've seen, or the the figure I've seen come up the most seems to be seven thousand people. Yeah, yeah, the yeah.
3: club fired back though, didn't they? It said it was two thousand, it was two thousand five hundred. That's what I've heard. Everyone I think saying might, about this seven thousand. That might have been the
2: original one. Right. I think okay. the, the original one was the. There was but definitely more than people. There was more than two thousand people. That's for sure. I mean, the, I think what one thing that was interesting because, uh, to be honest, it goes right by my flat or like one of the main like dragways where a lot of people were walking. But I think what James has said there. Really, there's, an, unless you're inherently against the idea of fans protesting, there's no criticism you can have of that movement, is no. there? Unless you are just one of those people who thinks the idea of fans protesting is wrong in the first place other than that you can't have any complaints there's been very or no I haven't seen any reports of any arrests or anything like that like James said early on it seemed to be just in where you were Yeah. might have been a little bit like that but you can't complain 7000 people made mm. their made their feelings known and mm. that that bit's fine but from from on the face of it with that many people there's mm. There's been very few or no reports of any uh, disturbances. It was exactly what you needed if you were going to do that.
3: Yeah, I quite like the way we worded it. Just where you were, James.
4: That was where. <laughs> that was where there was a yeah, car was discussions there. going on. around him. Mm, Twitter <laughs> problems, social media once again, Tom. I'm unbelievably behind the the movement as a whole, and like they like that said, it was. I didn't hear any rumours of any fights, any breakouts, any issues with police. And the more numbers we get, the more the message gets across. And if we keep doing it like that, we got. Doing it in a way where we will get noticed in the right reasons, and mainstream media will take on the story rather than leaving it because it's an aggressive thing.
2: Well, they it, did this week, exactly. Yeah. That's what I
4: mean. And, it, and the more that happens, that's clearly what hurts the owners the most getting the media backlash. We all saw what happened with Sky. And if it honestly, if we keep doing it in this way and the numbers keep improving, and improving each week, I think uh, that we will see something happen. I Do, will think we'll see something. happen.
1: I think the most important thing after such a positive march and protest outside the ground. It wasn't then brought inside the ground because you know that the, the main message was you know back the team not the regime sort of thing and uh, and you know there is that worry that you know if you go one 0 down early on or like okay. very similar to the Burnley thing a couple of years ago where it was meant to be a peaceful march I know there were mitigate, mitigating factors around how that transpired that Burnley game but then it all went a little bit sour um, but the fans inside the stadium were absolutely superb whether they marched or not it, the, the atmosphere was brilliant. So it was really good to see that the moment the fans walked into that stadium, it was right, get behind the team. And I think that's one of the most important factors about it.
4: Even with their flags getting it, that for me was the another little thing. The owners, for health and safety reasons, said no one could bring flags in, which is against censorship. Of course, no other ground in the country had that, um, but they took away all the banners, no, no West Ham banners, no GSB banners, which... You clearly, get into them, and that—that's the most important thing of this movement, and things like that. It's just petty, and that's what else can we expect from them? But I thought that was poor. No,
2: I just—I just think the the whole thing, like James said there, what about the not, you know, backing the team once you're in the ground? I, I, a lot of people around me nearby and since have spoken to, and they've, you know, fans of other clubs have said, oh yeah," but if you would have gone two 0 down, I think, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, probably probably you don't know you can't speculate anyway but the the fact is people are still allowed to be angry at the team if the team aren't playing well really what what i think all of this people are allowed to be angry people are allowed to feel how they like whether whether like I say tom's yeah. said he's fully behind the 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 movement now you've got other people who uh, I, I do think of probably more the silent majority uh, not majority sorry the uh, a silent section i think the the people who want the board out are obviously the the louder, more vocal ones. There might be, I haven't heard too many of them or spoke to too many. There are undoubtedly some who just think, no, I just want to go to the football and watch my team, whatever they're doing. I don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. And I just think that ultimately, these fans, people who are doing it, as long as they're doing it within the, the law, which it seemed that's what happened at the weekend, all these people want is they want the best for their football club. No one, I've heard, from whatever side of this argument you come at, no one is doing it because they want the club to die or they want the club to go down or they want the club to get worse. They Everyone's doing it because they want the best for their football club. Sure, yeah. everyone's got different ideas about how that works, but ultimately that's what it boils down to. Whether you're one of the protesting ones, whether you're one of the ones that gathered at the gate, or whether you're just one of the ones who go and keep your head down and don't want to get involved in all this and would rather it go away don't care who's in charge and just want to watch your team everyone in that stadium on the weekend wants their best for West Ham United
3: yeah wants their best for West Ham James not what's the end goal because we know what the fans hope is the end goal but w- what's the solution where does this this problem resolve because it's not just you know we can carry on doing the protest but what really happens next I mean it's a,
1: it's a great question million a, dollar question it's a million-dollar question and it's a very open-ended question as well because, you know, I mean, there are so many things that can be done. Um, obviously, the end goal, as you say, is everyone wants it. Everyone wants, you know, the owners to, to put the club up for sale and, and eventually sell up, where I think, you know, realistically, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, just positive changes in terms of the way that the club's being run, in terms of, you know, um, structure, in terms of vision... Uh, It's all very well saying, you know, we we could be in the Champions League in five years' time. But unless you actually put an actual structure, an actual vision uh, in place, then that's never going to happen. And suddenly you're breaking promises to fans, whether you meant to or not. You can't make promises to fans Mm -hmm. without putting the foundations in place to try and actually deliver those promises. Uh, And that's not what's happened at West Ham United. And that's why the fans are annoyed. Um, If the club had made these promises put the foundations in place and then failed, there'd be a little bit more leeway in terms of how the fans are feeling, but that's not how it's happened. So just if they're not going to sell up, change the way they're running the football club to, uh, you know, bring in some football men to to do it for them because at the moment it's not working.
2: Just quickly on that, I think it's really interesting. When you've said about what's the the next step, if for for a minute, uh, if we're all not being facetious and not, you know, jumping straight to oh well you know what they're like none of that sort of stuff if you were uh, try and put yourself or us three now in the shoes of Gold Sullivan and Brady Golden Sullivan in particular because you know Brady is sort of an in, in a well paid employee nonetheless but she's just an employee ultimately it's Golden Sullivan who mm. have the ultimate call cool. if you're them put yourself in their shoes now what what, what are you thinking because for me whilst all this I think is is good and you know well, it's again like I've said just now it's fans venting their feelings and wanting best for their football club that's what's going on at the moment. And, Tom, you said that it, it is affecting the board and it gets to the board, and I've mm-hmm. no doubt it is. But I think being, being a little bit affected mm-hmm. or something getting to you, where does, that, where does that weigh up against the, they say, a billion-pound business the asset? In reality, some people say 600 million. In reality, it's probably somewhere between the two. They've got an 800 million-pound asset there. Do you think if it was me, ultimately, and looking at it from a really cold point of view, from a, as an outsider, I'd say, well, you know, I'm sure they'd rather not have people mm. protesting out the front, but if I had an £800 million asset there, I think I'd just ride this out until such a time where I didn't have to pay a fee to, I th- think it's the LLDC, mm-hmm. based on the stadium, which I think the the stadium clause expires in alongside David Moyes' contract in around 18 months' time. And that's when they don't have to pay that fee if they sell the club while they've still got that mm. stadium agreement. Really, as much as all this is nice, I am a little bit concerned that I think, yeah, ultimately they're just going to, well, I just want to ride this out because I, mm. all this is annoying. But I can sell it for the, 800 million I think quid fa- in 18 months. The fans
1: expecting them to do that as well. Yeah. But, you know, that amount of time is a long time in football. Um, so they've got to start putting some kind of process or structure in place, one to make the club saleable for a start and attractive, attractiveable to to investors and you know and you know everyone's talking about you know rich owners. Then look, they're going to they're going to take one mm. look at us, do their due diligence, and just go, nah, actually, you're right. So they need to they need to start putting those processes in place, otherwise they're not going to get the money they want for the football club, Whereas it's eight hundred million or, or or even close to that. So. Yeah, I think we're we're all in agreement that you know they're probably riding that bit out, but they're not going to get the money
4: they want for it unless they actually start putting the work in now. That's what I was. Oh, that's exactly it. And it might right now eight hundred million pound asset or close to a billion, whatever they say it is. But we won't be that club if we lose the fans, and then we lose the fans anyway. It's clearly a lot of fans I know who've been going for years and years and years. They packed it in this year just because of the disconnect. And if loyal, hardcore fans who've been going up and down the country for so long are stopping going. I don't think we're an attractive proposition for the tourist fans to like Chelsea, Sanford Bridge to pack it out. I think if our attendances start to plummet and we become a less attractive club as a for a player for numerous reasons, whatever it is, and because they stop caring about what the most people pers- pe- uh, the most people important people at the club yeah, but who my, are the fans.
2: I all right, I agree with you and mm. this is me being devil's advocate. This isn't saying mm. what I feel. What you've said there about mm. loyal and hardcore fans Unfortunately, the colour of their money is the same as the tourist fans, isn't it? And I'll make it abundantly clear that's not what I think is right, Mm. or I don't agree with that sentiment at all. And I agree that Mm. far more care should have been taken for the loyal, more traditional fans, if you like. But ultimately, as Mm. business owners... That, that's what they're worried about, isn't it? And I, think, I know that's a hard think, one for us yeah. all to swallow, but that's, that is,
1: isn't it? But that's not a problem exclusive to West Ham United. That's a problem all over the Premier League, all over the world, really.
2: But you can do more, can't you? Liverpool, li- The Liverpool owners, for example, absolutely... You know, Obscene wealth, especially in comparison to Gold, Sullivan, and Brady, but they still look after the people who've been going to Anfield for a long time. They still have tourists left, right, and centre mm. in Anfield week in, week mm. out, don't they? But they still make sure that that core of fans are looked after. And mm. there are clubs who do it, and I do agree. Mm. I'm just saying that 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 sh- that line that gets wheeled out a lot yeah. about the old traditional fans—that's fine. Doesn't but mean everything. Unfortunately, if you want to mm. understand the situation, you know, reality. The mm. reality is their colour of their money is the same.
4: I'm- I was just thinking sorry last thing I was just thinking that if we do lose that and lose our identity I think we become a like an unbelievably different type of club and different proposition I don't think we will carry on achieving or being in the Premier League as if we lose our sense of identity which we're quickly doing and fans getting turned away from it who've been going for generations I think that will be the death of our club, this heart and soul will go in then. I don't mm. know if they have an £800 million business. That was my... Yeah. Mm. That's where these protests were born, saying
3: fans mm. worried they are losing their identity. Such a hot topic tonight, a hot debate. What are you making of it? You can have your say on what you're hearing from James, Wu and Tom. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. We could have done a whole hour on this quite easily once they started talking, but we are going to turn our attentions to Arsenal on the weekend and Mike Stavro is joining us next. This... Is love sport? You're listening to the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio by a passionate bunch tonight: Will Pugh, James Jones, and Tom Edwards. Talking everything, all about the protest, but more importantly, that fantastic three points on the weekend beating Southampton. Will they use this momentum now? Because it is London rivals Arsenal on the weekend at the Emirates, and a man who we know well and to tell us more is Metro journalist Mike Stavrou. Mike. So good to welcome you back and join us one more. Arsenal on the weekend. What are you making of the contest?
0: Oh, well, West Ham are a bit of a funny one at the moment, aren't they? Back into a bit of form uh, recently. Uh, I heard you guys talking earlier about the um, the protest. Just, I just want to talk about that. Firstly, I think Arsenal fans could probably learn something from you lot because uh, last summer when we had our uh, Cronky Out protest, well, I should say. Eighty-four pieces of paper were being flitted about and there was about 200 people there so the fact you guys got about 7,000 plus and you had a clear message um, yeah I definitely think Arsenal could learn a bit from that but yeah looking towards the game um, Arsenal have been a bit up and down at the moment they sort of have a really good result uh, like the Newcastle game we completely you know, battered them but then um, they they had a home tie at Olympiacos and they had the away goal they were in the driving seat and then yeah we all know what happened Um, So I think you can definitely get at us. we seem to start the game really slow uh, at the beginning. We've just not quite, we can't quite get out of second gear at the moment. Um, So I think definitely you can take the game to us. And uh, you'll get, basically, just get a set piece and you'll be able to score because we've conceded (laughs) four set pieces in our last two games. So there you go.
2: Mike, I was at at the Olympiacos game last Thursday and what a peculiar game of football that was. The, and I, yeah. I, watched, I watched the Portsmouth game last night as well, and it seemed to follow a similar pattern. Obviously, you managed to get the two goals. But it just seems you have loads of the ball. You get it out wide to Pepe. He does four step overs, The defender knows he's going to switch onto his <laughs> left foot because he hasn't got a right foot. And then you either lose the ball or you give them time to get back. That Olympiacos game, if I was an Arsenal fan, I was surrounded by them. I'd have been so frustrated because, you know, you had all of the ball. I think it was about 70-odd percent possession by the end yeah. of the game, similar against Portsmouth last night. But you just, I don't know what it is, but it just seems frustrating, a frustrating style of play.
0: Yeah, we're just really lacking creativity at the moment. Um, it's really slow. It's really sort of laboured. So yeah. you're right, when we get the ball to the wingers, and especially Pepe, who is like quite an exciting player, but... The guy is on the right-hand side. He's got about four defenders to take on. and like, Not even Lionel Messi is going to be able to get to the byline when you've got that many players in front of you. So it's just about putting the players in the right positions. But I think the thing about Arsenal is they're quite imbalanced at the moment. Obviously, you've got our most potent striker. I think he's a Premier League joint top scorer on the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, you've got Lacazette, who can't hit a barn door at the moment and he's not holding up the ball. And... I just think the whole team is not quite clicking and I think there's going to be a lot of change in the summer. I think Arteta, whether he gets backed or not by the board is one thing, but um, I think you will see a lot of departures. I can see the likes of Lacazette, Ozil, maybe Aubameyang, God help us, all going in the summer, to be honest.
4: Mike, your results haven't been the best under Arteta, but performance-wise, I understand why the fans are backing him, but do you think... Exiting Europa League and almost now having very little chance of getting Champions League. It's a precious Do you think no No, I'm not saying pressure I'm not saying pressure on him as a manager, but I'm saying why why has he been afforded these results? Any other manager who'd walked into Arsenal wouldn't have got this now at the Europa League he got he's got yeah, that exactly it's Unai Emery's team isn't it well I'm not it's too time sure time to go it's not you're <laughs> to it's not so we, no wonder you'll be I'm trying, trying to mug <laughs> him off I'm
3: tra- Jesus. <laughs> but no I'm being
4: serious what, what, why is no, 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 we're unbeaten sorry, in 2020
3: in the league no, but where no, are no. Sheffield
4: United all these teams in front of you how are you lot happy with that because of the start I mean, it's,
2: it's Unai Emery isn't it it's Unai Emery sorry Mike I don't want to talk no. for you but I'm just going to throw Tom out the studio James
0: has got a question James, bring a bit happy I'm not, not that. I'm not even
1: answering that. So James, right, too big time now. He's Hello, too big time. I'll, g- I'll give you a. Pro- I'll give you a proper question, mate.
4: I'm <laughs> um, uh, all holding hands with the Arsenal fans, though, you
1: know. Right, in all seriousness, like yeah. it's been, you know, Arsenal fans will tell you how much of a terrible season it's been. Um, but you know, the introduction of Arteta, who, who is quite <laughs> quite an exciting uh, manager. But then there's a lot of young players in that coming through the team that you know. A lot of people are saying, "Well, Abamyang, his attitude's not right." Blah blah. But you got you know Saka, Nelson, Willock, uh, Willock, uh, and You know, there's a lot of young, exciting players coming through at Arsenal. You know, there must be. You must be thinking, you know, if we can get rid of some of that dead wood,
2: If we can get rid of Arteta. <laughs> <laughs> then <Treadful laughs> question.
1: Then 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 sure, surely. It, it it could be quite exciting at Arsenal once again.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. And it showed yesterday on the on the pit Charlie get your red card out of the top, mate.
4: <laughs> you lot have lost it, <laughs> no, mate. Yeah,
0: no, you're right. He's you're raging right. Um, oh. There was so many under twenty threes in that I think there was seven players under the age of twenty three yesterday when Mate Lanard came on. It's it's an exciting time. I think um my my personal uh, ones that I've because I, I watched Eddie quite a lot when he was younger and I think he's just like, got that nose for goal that He just knows exactly where the goal is. And even, like, you know, when the when the ball is just, like, kicking off your shin and still going in, it's just it's going for you. That's what it seems to be like at the moment with him. Martinelli's, like Klopp said it as well, he's a generational talent. The float is unbelievable. The goal he scored against Chelsea, I mean, I've not seen a player that that's 18 do that. So, yeah, you're, you're bang on with that. And it sort of leads me to believe that maybe if our star players... go in the summer then we might actually be alright because I think we're building something for the future and Tom, I don't want to sort of give you credit by answering a question because I said I didn't but um Look, he's, a, he's a young manager no one right? let me finish he's, your question to be honest be be with you right. so
4: I'll actually finish my question it wasn't anything oh, to on. do with if he's, if he's under pressure I'm just saying <laughs> does it turn the second half of the season around for you and make it more important in the league rather than sitting there being happy with a home draw against Burnley does it change it and mean that you've got to have a chance at Europe you've got to win some football games and not clap wow. your team off the park after one all draw away at Burnley <laughs> no look, I, look
0: I, don't, I, I don't really understand your question but I'm going to try and answer it anyway so does it make um, it important uh, for it
4: was, Europe the fact you're out of the Europa League or not? No,
0: no, it was really, it was, it was really boring under Arteta. I think we were all, like, see, he, uh, sorry, sorry, not under Arteta, under Emery, it was all just so laboured and the players were like, weren't behind him. So to see Arteta, yeah, I think we sort of understand that the results aren't, aren't going well at the moment and it's a bit up and down, but the guy has never managed before. He's only been a coach. Um, Chelsea are affording Lampard the same sort of, you know, path to be eventually go on to, to, to do well and he'd be given time to do that so yeah I mean from an outside perspective I can understand where you're coming from because those people say to me oh Arsenal were just a bit average they're not really improved but I think if you watch it game in game out you know we have good good periods where we play but I think most of all what he's going to do is just promote those young players that we were talking about and um, you know he's, he's building something for the future
3: yeah and um, Mike you know he's coming what is your score prediction for the weekend <sighs>
0: Um, sorry, guys, but I'm gonna go two-one to
3: Arsenal. Two-one prediction. He was going for Mike Stavrou, there, Metro journalist. Always good to speak to Mike and get the Arsenal perspective. But next, we will be doing our fan favourite. It is the mystery players, rogue West Ham players quiz. Love Sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with we are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards has gone home. No, he is still <laughs> with us, unbelievably. He is trying to... Never seen uh, anyone as angry as that, Charlie, yeah. have you? Scary, It scary. was. It he's was. trying to locate his head because his head is fully huh? in the shed. What happened there, Will? Uh, he's I, your I, mate. I know, he <laughs> lost it. Close
2: personal uh, friend of mine and
3: then, you know, thought Tom, uh,
2: Tom, Tom knows a lot about football, doesn't he? You know, you've heard he's yeah. All
4: wrong. I'm head rolled you though right.
2: your head completely one of the most two promising managers in the Premier League
3: Oh God, unbelievable <laughs> don't oh, worry mate. it all happen- Listen, I'll happens, see you outside
1: luckily I'll save a day with a serious question so, <laughs> do. <I>
3: <laughs> well done Jamesy uh, we have to get to it now though the important bit luckily Tom's oh, not I playing in this quiz lose. because uh, he needs five minutes to himself of course though it can only be the West Ham Mystery Players Rogue Player Quiz Oh, just means it's just... I love that music. just means it's here. It's finally here. The moment of truth for Will Pugh and James Jones. Well, I've already gave you the score update, but Will, as is tradition... I, he's, he's getting worried he's asked me to turn my phone upside down he's a Ooh. little bit remember the other week Charlie Will, be, yeah, Google on last week it exactly. didn't work so <laughs> I, still I didn't mean, win. Yeah, let's be honest Will I've already said it but please a score update well Charlie after
2: I was 9-6 down 8-5 down and 4-1 down oh, I've actually go. managed to claw it back to 9-all <laughs> on game weeks and the points difference which there was a huge gulf a few weeks ago between me and James as, as everyone knows just to remind everyone it's 9-all on on game weeks overall and if it's even on game weeks at the end of the season we're going down to points difference but at the moment it's also 27 all on points difference. What a comeback. But I've decided the last three weeks that I've won one on the spin I've decided that in all of those I didn't trash talk beforehand so I think that's my, uh, that's my key You've to winning week in week out. I might have nosed that one up already but yeah nine, 9 all on game weeks 27 all between me and James on points difference.
3: Alright well it is Will versus James Tom is in the studio but Tom if you know it you can you know maybe share that or if they don't get it who knows <laughs> but as the clues the cl- uh, we're going to give you three players five clues the clues get progressively easier if you think you know the answer shout out Will will do seven shout outs before James does one doesn't mean he's right but he will get there eventually this is player number one played for five London clubs
2: I swear this is the first clue every single week
3: <laughs> it seems like it, does isn't yeah. it clue number two joined West Ham for 1.5 million clue number three scored on his return to Upton Park with his new team Bobby Zamora that is incorrect. Konczewski? That is correct. Oh, and it is 1-0 no. oh. to Wolfie. <laughs> Unbelievably, He's, well, he's, well. oh, he's it, got the rebound. Yeah, oh. What a counter-attack. Normally, it is Will who throws it out first. James decided to step in, but it is Will who not only takes the lead tonight, takes the lead overall God, for a what brief a strike amount of time. That was. Will, if we're talking history, when was the last time you led in this competition? You know what, Charlie? That's, that's, was... a, that's a
1: 30-yard
2: scream that. oh, that's
3: pretty <laughs> no, good. No, it's a tapping counter <laughs> no, and honestly I was thinking
2: this and unless I won in the f- very first week mm, this is the led. first time I've led all season because it was it was 1-0 I remember it being 1-0 then yeah. you took it to 4-1 then I got it to 4-all and then uh, yeah so unless I was I won the very first week which I can't remember back in well, you're August. only
3: leading currently. James, as you well know, there are still two players. You can win tonight. Will is after a win, not just a point there, but he is one nil up. Player number two, clue number one. Signed for West Ham in 1993 for 250000 Clue number two. Sent off on their debut against Newcastle. Mm. No. Clue number three. Left for Crystal Palace in 1995, which saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Scored six goals in total. Clue number five, your final clue for this player. Played as a striker.
2: Jesus. Mm. Have a recap?
3: We'll give you a quick recap. Clue number one signed for West Ham nineteen ninety-three, two hundred and fifty K. Sent off on debut against Newcastle. Left for Crystal Palace nineteen ninety-five. Saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Scored six goals in total. Played as a striker. Matthew Rush. Incorrect. Tom has also had another guess that is incorrect. That's a difficult. Who one, was though. your guess? Chapman.
2: Good shout. There's a shout. Can we bank this one? We're going to bank it. it. We're going to bank it it
3: and go on to player number three. This one is a truly finger on the buzzer. Clue number one. Played over 150 games for West Ham. One time hammer of the year. Two spells at the club. Captain the club at 21 years old. You're going to get it on this. Joe Cole? That is correct. And it's 2-0. Ultimately, Will has won tonight. He has taken the lead (laughs) 10-9 overall, and he has got a two-point cushion as it stands. James, do not let this be A, 3-0, B, a whitewash. You need to stay in the points running. This is player two, the one we banked. Clue number one, signed for West Ham, 1993, 250K. Sent off on debut against Newcastle. Left for Crystal Palace 1995, which saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Mike Marsh? Incorrect. You say that every week. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Scored six. (laughs) Rhys will do it next week now. Scored six goals in total. Played as a striker. Need a bit more. for me now
2: we're gonna need some more i think charlie all right
3: i don't actually know this player so i can't give you a clue off the top of my head maybe tom can give you a clue tom is laughing he's still looking for his head he, he can't give you clues about this west end plan i'm sorry that might be the toughest one i've seen actually really? not okay the toughest one as i it's try to get there. some clue, initials but... do we do initials? jb is it... jb is the initials i want to give a clue but you could be wrong and i could be really nah this Ooh. is this is a difficult one. Reese has yeah. really pulled one out of the bag here. Is Dutch? Was born in the Netherlands. Is currently thirty-nine years old. It's Dutch? Did have? Oh, uh, you're in Borough. That is correct. Yeah, that's a beauty. That and James, you needed that. But Will Pugh is tonight's winner, of two-one. But James did get a consolation point there.
2: And that was the, in, uh, again. One, another player. Reese likes throwing these ones in. I've never heard that name in my entire, whole, entire life. Who
3: what was, really? his I, what I, was his name? What yeah, yeah, was his name? Yeah. Yarranberra. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad oh, you on. said it because I No, it is correct. Yarranberra. Yare, the pronunciation Yarembora. is key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reese does, does Human <laughs> <laughs> Reese does this, and I think I don't know how to pronounce it. I emailed him, and he said. Don't worry, they'll get it before <laughs> <laughs> before you need to say it. Luckily, cheers James. Never yeah.
2: heard of Euron Bohrer in my whole entire life.
3: Yeah, it did have spells at Portsmouth, West Bromwich Albion, Palace, and South End as well. Actually, uh, seventy five games for Southend, scoring twenty five goals. Did
2: he? Mm. I could do with him now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thirty nine could get a game. Yeah,
2: never heard of him. Never heard oh, of him. Actually, well, one of
1: one well, someone's just tweeted in and gone, it is it's Bora. He's also Dead. Passed away, yeah. I've yeah. just seen that and I've felt oh. really yeah, bad. passed that, away. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, but um, Lewis John beat me to it. Mm. No.
2: Mm. Not good. Not Apologies good.
3: there yet. Yeah, we we didn't know yet. Yeah. But
2: 9 uh, all turns into 10-9 on game weeks to William Pugh. That is four weeks running, James. Um, what are you feeling mentally at the moment?
1: No, if I'm honest, uh, I was... <laughs> you know, it, obviously it's, it's been a tough time for me, but... I've, uh, I've, got that, that little goal at the end, really sort of give me a little bit of confidence that I can claw this back.
2: Was know? that a bit like a West Ham away performance at Liverpool last yeah, week? Yeah, it's
1: really struggling. I was, I, mm. I'm, I'm really worried about the future mm. Mm. but um, I don't really want to have to buy you a beer
3: but no. it's what it is <laughs> I think it's it coming up although it doesn't owe you a Christmas beer so maybe it is an equaliser no, yeah. are you
2: joking at the end of the season that was the big one that was more than one Ooh.
1: beer it was at least five tease I think yeah. season. Right,
3: well let's quickly t- let's quickly talk about Arsenal because we didn't actually get your freeze take on it uh, Will we'll start with you Arsenal on the weekend score prediction and how will it play out
2: um <clears> I'm not sure, really. <laughs> okay. uh, no, it's just one of those. I, uh, I think, I think we've got enough about us to to get something there. I do just think they have a lot of the ball, and they will have a lot of the ball at the weekend. Let's get that straight now. And I just think they they pummel enough, enough, enough. And I think uh, the central defenders have got a mistake in them, they get the ball in that area quite a lot. And if you've got two decent centre halves against, uh, excuse me, against Arsenal, I think you have a chance but well, I reckon we'll score because we've obviously got a bit of confidence in us and I'm going to go that we will nick
3: a one-all. A one-all. Tom, you've been well rested for the last 10 minutes or yeah. so. What do you make <laughs> of the contest with Arsenal and the, on the hot seat Arteta on the weekend?
4: Well, mate, he needs a win, to be fair. <laughs> um, I mean, we've got, we've, like Will we've also we've got a chance. I think we'll go there and score a goal. It depends how long we can stay solid at the back and through the midfield, but I do think Arteta will get a much-needed win. And you'll probably beat us 2 1, something like that. 2 1. We've got a chance. I just don't know which way either. Honestly, mm. I think a team will win it, but I think it'll be very close and it'll be won in the last 5, 10 minutes.
3: James, because momentum's so massive at the minute for West Ham, you know, even if they go on the weekend, they get a point against Arsenal at the Emirates and they can continue what they've built from Southampton, if they get really badly beaten or they lose the game, how much does it set them back to where they were, you know, maybe even before the Liverpool game? I don't think it
1: sets us back if we lose. It's a game that we would have looked at a couple of weeks ago and gone that's going to be a tough game uh, even with Arteta under pressure um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I don't think it sets us back I mean essentially over the last four or five games we've done exactly what we kind of expected us to do you know we lost at City and Liverpool we've beaten some Hampton at home no one really expects us to go to Arsenal and get anything um, apart from me I reckon we're going to go there and win 2-1
3: 2-1 James he's gone for a 2-1 yeah, I
1: really fancy it mm. no more Desmonds for me this no season no more Desmonds just a 2-1 win Really nice, Jared Bowen winner. Oh, I like that. I'll take it. You don't look. Will doesn't look too too impressed.
2: No, similar to my two one in the quiz mm. just now. Or? Yeah, very similar. Oh. Yeah,
1: thirty yard screen at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. and then just nick it at the end. And a horrible
2: consolation. Yeah, for yeah. at the
1: end. Well, yeah, James
0: yeah. is
3: <laughs> fight fighting to hold on to your lead. <laughs> James, you need you need, a, you need a result. It's not been good form at the minute, but maybe you, like West Ham, they turn it around. Can you turn it around uh, next week when we play the game again and when we're back to discuss not only the Arsenal game but everything else that is happening around Hammers. Well, this was the West Ham Fan Show with We Are West Ham. James Jones, Will Pew, and Tom Edwards. We will be back at the same time next 7 on Love Sport Radio. Uh, next week at 7 on Love Sport Radio. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>
0: is a love sport
1: sports social podcast network